Wow, man, um, just what, what a morning. Gosh, just to be reminded of why we're in this place. Um, I had a conversation last night. It was probably about 10, uh, 10 p.m. Um, I was out in uh, kind of the garage driveway. I live next to um, uh, another pastor um, that's just up the road here. And we're, we're talking a little bit and just kind of talking about today and just kind of, uh, I guess, dreaming a little bit uh, of what today will be like or what that'll mean. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. I know... I know it's tough um, being a pastor, bringing the word on Easter Sundays, like you're like a kid on Christmas, and I just pray you get some good rest tonight. And I think I went to bed last night about 2, 2.30, um, and then woke up, uh, I think I saw 4 and 5, and 5.30, um, and I was like, man, I've, 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 got, I've got at least like another almost like 30 minutes I can squeeze out here, and so I just kind of tried to keep going. Um, and, and so I was just standing here, and I was singing those songs and just reflecting on the truth behind what we have just sung in this place, um, I guess what, what really hit me or kind of flooded my heart uh, was this. I, like, I don't feel any more pressure today to preach the gospel than I do next Sunday or the Sunday after or two Sundays ago. I, I, don't, feel, I don't feel that. I think the thing, the thing that gets me uh, is, is this, uh, and I'm, I'm not a big numbers guy. I mean, I, I haven't even counted not one person here this morning. Um, no, we've counted your kids because we want to make sure we get them all back to you. Um, that's the only accountant we really do, but um, I, th- I think the thing for, for me is this, is knowing that um, as hard of a year as it was, um, I guess the thing that, that keeps me up is, is, that, is that maybe that didn't get your attention. Maybe for, for whatever reason you just kind of like have just slid by or just kind of made it or, or, or have I've kind of just, I mean, struggled through this last year because, I mean, can, can we be honest for a moment? Struggle? Yes. Amen. Absolutely. Awful. Um, and, and so and maybe we've kind of you've missed that or you haven't felt the weight of that. And, and I guess for me this morning being able to, to preach the gospel and my prayer and my hope is this is that knowing that, that maybe there's some in this room that, that we won't see you again or you, you may not go to church, or church. I mean, you may have been invited. I, I just want to tell you that I don't believe it's an accident that you're here, I, uh, even though your crazy neighbor maybe invited you, or this co-worker that you got just won't leave you alone, or, or a family member that just won't shut up, and this is how you try to get them to shut up, is I'll, I'll appease them, and I'll come, and, and I guess what, what gets me is what I've been praying for you specifically, is that God would just end this moment, these next 30 minutes, that he would, just, he would just capture your heart, whether you're a critic, and if you're a critic, man, we welcome you, and we want to say thank you for being here, that is a, that is a big, big thing for you to step out and to be here, uh, or if you're skeptical, or if you, you, you've been burnt by the church, and I, I just want to just kind of show you the room for a moment, anybody in this place been burnt by the church, and I'm not raising my hand to try to just coerce you to do, no, no, hands up, we're going to be, we're not proud of it, but we're going to, yeah, absolutely, me too, me too, I mean, I, mean, I, I am right there with you. Um, and, and so just to, to know and understand what this room is like is that, that we are a group of imperfect people in desperate need of Jesus every moment, every day. Not just Easter Sunday. I'm, I'll get to you in a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we'll get up here. We'll get this thing quick. And it'll be, he's scared to death, kind of. I'm making it worse on him now. <laughs> he's like, Scott, I'll never do it again with you, buddy. You're going to... But just to point out the reality, I mean, that, that we are a group of people that didn't walk in here, our heads held high and our chest puffed out. But, but, but the reality is this, we probably limped into this room this morning. And that's quite all right. And, and that you are welcome, whatever, wherever state of your heart that, that God wants to work and do. And he wants to, I mean, just speak to you directly this morning and do a work in you. And so I, I am excited that you're here. I mean, I, I was just thinking this week of what it was like last year. 
standing in this empty room with three other people and preaching to a camera. And the fact that we get to gather in this place this morning. And, and we get to lift high the name of Jesus, not in front of a screen. And if you're watching online, I'm so thankful that you are. But that we get to be together in this place excites me. And, and I, am, I am begging the Lord to do a work in this place this morning. First and foremost, and this guy standing here, and that it would just trickle down and that God's word would speak to your heart and, and do a work. And so as I was thinking this week and looking at why we even gather in this place is, is because of the resurrected Savior. We, we believe that the tomb is empty. We believe that there is something amazing in that, that God has done, the, the work of the cross, uh, what Jesus has accomplished uh, through his resurrection. That makes a way for us. And so as I was thinking about that, the reality is this, is that, is that when we leave this place this morning, th there's going to have to be a response. There has to be, there will be a response from you this morning, whether, whether you realize it or not. And it's not one of those like, uh, come on, play one more hymn, baby, let's do one more verse, just one more, come one more. It's not one of those type of responses. Yet, though that will be an opportunity, the response will be when you leave this place, how does it affect your life? How does it alter you? How does it change you or shape you? What does it do in your heart? That will be the response that will be echoed into eternity. And as I was thinking this week, I mean, there's so many different, different opinions about the resurrection and what really happened, what really took place, um, uh, and, and things like that. And it, and it kind of made me think of, of magic tricks. Of, of magic tricks. And that's actually, this, this is my buddy Mark here. Mark, I've, I've known Mark now. I've been here for about seven years. I think we've known each other for seven years, man. Stand up, great, godly man here. Um, the thing about Mark that, that really got me early on, and, and, and I'm going to blame you for something too here in a minute. Um, man, you're just getting the brunt of it all today, dude. <laughs> Don, he will never do this again. Um, I've got one shot at it. Might as well keep going, right? Um, so, so I met Mark early on, and, and Mark, Mark... <sighs> Man, I'm just like geeked up, dude. Like, like he, Mark can do magic tricks. Yeah. And he is phenomenal at it. Like, like so much so that, like, like I'm 37 and every, like, I'm, I'm about to go crazy here in a minute. But anyways, um, like, and as a result of you, now every time we sit at the lunch table or dinner table and there happens to be a packet of sugar, my kids want me to make it disappear. <laughs> and, and, and opening it and putting it in my tea doesn't count. <laughs> and so it's, it's like, and like I'm, so I'm like, if Mark can do it, I can do it. And it's like, hey, buddy, what's that? Where'd it go? And I'm just, so anyway, so I, I've asked Mark to, to come this morning, and he's, he's got some stuff, stuff for us. And so, um, Mark, I'm just going to kind of let you, it's you, man. All right. All right. Everybody hear me? Okay. Scott did ask me to do a couple of things, so I'm just going to show you a couple of things. And uh, hope you enjoy it. So anyway. First thing I like to show you is this right here. This is a pom-pom stick. Found this at a, at a yard sale. It's a 1999 genuine pom-pom stick. And I tell you what, I honestly don't know what it's used for, but I will show you what it does. It's this blue pom-pom. It's crazy. It's connected to the red pom-pom. The red pom-poms connected to the green pom-pom. The green pom-poms connected to the yellow pom-pom. And the yellow pom-poms connected to the blue pom-pom. I, I don't get it either. I mean, I've had this thing for years. I just don't know what's going on with it. But let me show you one more time, okay? we got the blue pom-pom connected to the red pom-pom, the red pom-pom to the green pom-pom, the green pom-pom to the yellow pom-pom, yellow pom-pom to the blue pom-pom. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I I tell you what, I I can do this all day, but I won't. (laughs) I'll do it one more time, though, okay? I got the blue pom-pom connected to the red pom-pom, the red pom-pom to the green pom-pom, the green pom-pom and the yellow pom-pom and the blue pom-pom. Oh. (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, this has happened every once in a while. It does. But, you know, the first time it happened, I said, how does this thing work? i got to fix this thing. So I took it apart, and there's absolutely nothing connecting them together. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah, y'all can clap. Go ahead. <laughs> there we go. But I did find out you can reset it if you put one side up like that. So then I got my pom-pom stick back. And that is the pom-pom stick. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's been good. I do have this rope here, so we're going to do a rope trick, okay? First, though, I've been working on some knots, and I hope you all enjoy this. Uh, first, though, I would like to do a bow knot for you. A bow. There we go. And then, of course, with a bow knot, you can do a vanishing knot. That's, yeah, very cool. <sighs> Uh, and this is pretty hard. It takes a long time to learn how to do this. Actually uh, tie a knot in the rope without letting go of the ends. You think that's pretty hard? Try it when you get home. It's almost impossible. I, I struggle tying my shoes. I know it. Tell me about it. Now, the last knot you've probably never seen before. And, okay, I'm going to show it to you. But you've probably never seen it. This is called a dragon knot. A dragon knot. Let me show you this. I'm going <laughs> to... That's the one I can do. Okay, here we go. I'll actually do a trick with it. Okay, here we go. Scissors. Here we go. I'm going to cut the rope in exactly two equal parts here. So I should have two ropes exactly the same size. Here we go. That's not good. (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, i tell you what. let Let me start over. How's that sound? (sighs) <sighs> All right, here we go. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Okay, so now I have this rope. It's, Scott, would you hold the ends uh, for me? Yeah. Hold the ends for me. Now, anyway, we got this rope. And now it's a circle. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I did bring another pair of scissors with me, though. There we go. Uh, okay, oh, just in two worry. like that. Now, this trick doesn't... Like, I'm standing right here, and he's doing it right here. <laughs> and this trick does, carry, does use three ropes, so let me, make, let me cut it right here. All right. Let me have a short piece. All right, we got a short piece and a medium piece and a long piece of rope. So if I put the medium piece up, the short piece up, and the long piece up, a little blow, and they all become the same size. Just got to stretch them a little bit. Just like that, all three ropes the same size. That's pretty cool. All right. (laughs) Let me tie these together here. Let me see here. All right. Now, when I tie them together, it's one long piece of rope again. Hey. Thank you. Here we go, here we go. We'll, we'll cut to the end 
we'll trim the ends off right here to make it look a little better. There's your souvenir. Yeah, thanks. Oh. <laughs> He's anyway. 21, yeah. There's two ways to get the knots off the rope. One is invisibly, like that right there. It's pretty cool. The other way is visibly. Look, just take the end of the rope, we'll take the knot, and slide it off the rope just like that. Ah, thank you. Of course, this is a special knot, special knot. It throw it, I can throw it right back on the rope just like that. With a little blow, I got a long piece of rope again. Oh All right, my thank you. Ah. All right, now I'm going to turn it back over to Scott. We're going to pass the plate. Get that, get that out real hurry. <laughs> I'm joking, we're not. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I might not have been thinking right on this. How do I follow that? Gosh, that was... Like, like you see what I'm saying? Like, holy... I mean, holy cow. How in the world? And you're like, what the heck are we doing? Like, magic tricks on Easter? We're going to tie this thing together. Just hang with me for a second. But it's like... Ah, like, I'm just... I'm a little kid again, you know, like uh, 37 going on nine. I mean, I, but, but it demands a response, does it not? I mean, think about, I mean, holy cow, I mean, he had a string and then he cut it and then he, two strings and he, and it's one string and then he's blown on stuff and he's tying knots and uh, I don't know what he's doing. And like, I'm standing right next to him and I, st- and like, I mean, I got a college education, man, you know, it's from a Bible school, but I got a college education. Which is all I have to have for here, okay? So that, but I'm like, and like, and like, I can see stuff, yo. Like I can, like I, and like I'm watching, and I'm trying to be skeptical and figure it out, and, and, and I know that there's like some trick to it, but I'm just like, man, and, and it got me thinking. I mean, I mean, can you can you imagine what that day would have been like? The empty tomb, the empty tomb, and so the magic trick, like, like it, it demands a response. I mean, you could be like, hey, well, he, he watched YouTube, and he, uh, would you like to come up and try? Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I know that there's, there's something to it. I get that. It has to be. But it can, there can be awe, there can be criticism, there can be, you can just simply, oh, whatever, yeah, okay, yeah. But I'm just like, wow. And I think of resurrection. I, I think of that. I mean, Jesus was dead, y'all, three days. This isn't like just knocked out, like just down for a little bit, like, 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 like two minutes, they're, they're still pumping his chest while he's down for, no, he's dead three days. I, I mean, gone, gone, dead. And I guess the question is like, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? How do we process that? How do we think about it? How, how do we respond to that? I mean, I know it's Easter st- Sunday. I mean, you're here Easter Sunday. And I would think, I would like to think that, that most here would say, absolutely, yeah, yeah, I, I believe it. But do you really? Do you really believe it? Do you believe it so much so that it has radically changed everything about you? I mean, everything, everything about you. I mean, as I stood here and I watched that, I mean, just, just inside me just got geeked up and excited and, and, and my face and my, I mean, it, 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 it altered me for a moment. And I think of resurrection. 
I think of why we're gathered here this morning in this place to celebrate. Because, hear me, true belief and faith is more than just marveling at a cool story for a minute and then forgetting about it. It's so much more that. And so my hope for us this morning is that God would just make us aware of how true and how real the empty tomb is. And in that, you would find life. That you would come to true saving faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're in Christ, that it would just continue to encourage you and propel you on all the more to be obedient and to follow after and allow Him to dictate every facet of your life. So I'm going to ask you if you'd pray with me. And then we're going to jump into here in just a second, Luke chapter 24. But if, if, you would, if you'd pray with me. Father, we love you, Jesus. We, we need you. God, we need you. I pray, Father, that you would move and speak in this place this morning. Thank you uh, for Mark and his willingness, God, just to come and, uh, and show us some, some cool things this morning, Father. And I just, I just think of, of how awesome you are through that illustration, how, how you've shown us some pretty amazing things. Oh, God, how you've revealed yourself to us in Jesus. How you've lived a perfect life, sinless life, no sin. And God, you voluntarily go and lay your life down on that cross. God, you are abused, beaten, Father, crucified, dead and buried, only to raise three days later victorious. So, Father, I pray for the next few minutes as we look at your word, God, that you would that your Holy Spirit would move in this place, that you would do a work. Father, I want to pray as I do every week that you would save the lost in this room. Uh, God, I'm, I'm not that good to convince anybody of anything about themselves. Only you can do that by way of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I pray this morning maybe that there be a heart here who, who has never said yes to you in faith, Father, that, that this morning that, that you would, uh, that you would uh, get them to that place of awe and amazement by who you are and what you've done for us. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you. Father, we'll give you credit and glory for it all. All of this is for your great name. Let me pray. Amen. Amen. Luke 24, 1 is where it's going to be. If you don't have your Bible, that's cool. We'll have it on the screen. If you have a device, feel free to, to open that and, and follow along. Uh, but Luke 24, starting in verse 1, says this. It says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they. The they here is going to tell us later on in the scripture who it is. But just to let you know, <clears throat> it's Mary Magdalene. It's, it's uh, Joanna. It's, it's Mary, the mother of James. And, and there's a few other women there that have, that have went early <clears throat> at dawn there at the beginning of the week. They're going to the tomb is what 24.1 says, taking the, the spices that they had prepared. So what these women are doing, they are fully expecting for Jesus to still be in the tomb. They are fully expecting Jesus who was dead three days prior to still be dead three days after in the tomb. And, and with them taking these, these spices, they're, they're going to finish uh, just anointing his body for burial. So there is, there is nothing in this story that tells us that they're expecting anything different. Nothing. They are fully expecting Jesus to be dead in the grave. And we'll see that throughout the story at their responses, at some of their thoughts and the things that they say. And verse 2 says this, it says, And they, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And so th this would have made no sense to them. Uh, they, they would not have understood what's going on. They would have been confused, kind of wondering what's happening, what could have taken place. Oh, why would this be the case? And I guess the crazy thing that blows my mind is, did Jesus not tell them about this? 
Did he not already say, hey, hey look, I'm, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to come back, and I'm, I'm going to have to die for a little bit, but, but I'm, I'm not going to be dead? I mean, has he not already let them in on what's going to happen? And they're confused. Look, look at verse 4. Like I said, again, just look at the realness of this. Because I think sometimes we can, we can read the Bible, and when we read the Bible, we, uh, we kind of romanticize it, or we forget that the characters in the story are, are real people like you and me. They're real people like you and I. And, and look at this response. While they were perplexed about this. I mean, so again, there it goes. It shows us. I mean, they are just confused. I mean, I mean just, they are thrown all out of sorts as, as a result of this. While they're perplexed about this, behold, two men. So these two men here, the scriptures is going to tell us, are going to be angels. So these two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And look at their response to this. I just want to point this out for a moment. And they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. This is the normal response that we see in Scripture whenever men and women encounter angels. I mean, this is the normal, the normal response. The, the natural reaction to the supernatural is awe-inspired fear. Awe-inspired fear. I mean, angels are created beings by God, and they, they worship and they serve God. So they do what God expects. They do what God says, all the while worshiping him continually. You, you see that throughout the scriptures. They, that, that's, their, that's what they do. That's who they are. But what you see in this moment, in these women, there is reverence and amazement and fear as they encounter these angels. That's what we see here. I, I think it's so funny as I, as I have conversation with people sometimes or, or things like that. We're like, oh, well, when, when I get there, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to look him in the face and I'm going to, I don't think we'll do any of that. I don't think that will be our response. I mean, what we see here this side of eternity, their response, I think when we get there, it'll be more like that, that picture in Isaiah 6 as, as Isaiah is, is taken there to the throne room and as he, as he sees the, 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 the train of his robe filling that place and there's these angels flying around saying, holy, holy, holy. And what is Isaiah's response? I mean, he, he's just broken in that moment. He, he says, I am unworthy it's so funny to think that, that, that we, in, with our arrogance, that we would have the audacity to say, well, this is what I'm going to do when I get there. You'll do whatever he lets you do. That's what you'll do. That's what I will do. And I really feel it'll be more like an Isaiah 6 response. I feel like I will, I'll just be face down. And as a child of God, face down with nothing but gratitude. I mean, holy cow, this is God. This is the one who has given it all for me. This is the one who's taken my sin and my shame upon himself. Oh, he is worthy. He is holy. He is, he is everything. I just feel like that will be the response. And I feel like they're just kind of showing us and, and echoing for us what that will be like that day. So they're frightened. They bow their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, and this, this is... I guess this is really just what hooked me this week. This is what, I just, I just couldn't shake this phrase. I couldn't get over it. These angels say to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? So this is going to be big point one. Why do you seek the living among the dead? I mean, I love that. I love that. I mean, think about it for a minute. They go fully expecting to find Jesus dead in the tomb. 
the angel's there, and their response, the angel's response is like, oh, come here. Oh, what? no, no, no. He, they just go for it right from the beginning. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why? You're looking in the wrong place for the living. You, you are searching in the wrong area for the one that's alive. He's not going to be hanging out in the tomb. That's where dead people go. He's not dead. He's alive. And that's what he says. And so it made me think this week. It made me think, how often do we look for life in what only brings death? How often do we run to? How often do we believe in? How often do we chase after? How often do we give into things that bring death? They bring death. That's what they promise. That's what they bring. But we have believed a lot that that's not the case. That's, not, that's what we believe. John 10.10 10 says this. It says that the thief, thief, who's the thief? The thief is Satan. That's who the thief is. The thief comes, what, only to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, that's normally the role of a thief, right? To take what's not theirs. Uh, to take and, 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 and to, uh, to, to get rid of, to, to do those things. And, and that's what John 10.10 10 tells us. I mean, his play is to get us to go after the things that we desire most. The desires of the flesh, the longings of the flesh. Things that entice us to do what feels good or is culturally okay and, and acceptable. But the enemy's desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, and he's so good at it. Like, like, like you've, we've got to understand. He is so, so good at it. And, and his ploys are so much greater than anything that we could think of. Anything that we could imagine. And he's so subtle about it. He's so subtle, so easy. Let, let, me, let, me, let me try to give you two examples real fast, just, just thinking about this. Um, so so I've, I'm a TV watcher, consumer of the television. Just, I like it. I watch TV. Probably as the majority of you in this room do. Um, and so I, I can remember, it's been months ago, and we're sitting there, and we're watching TV, and there's this commercial that comes on, and it's got like a big screen here, and it looks like an x-ray screen. And behind the screen, there are two people. And it's got like this fun music, and there's a group of people out there watching, and all of this stuff. And all of a sudden, these, these two people here, and, and he's so subtle, and he's, he's so good at what he does. Two people back here, and they're kind of like waving. You can see their skeletons and all this stuff moving. And, and then they come to each other, and they embrace. And people are like, ah. And then they kiss, and they're like, ah. And then the people separate, and they walk to the end. And they stick out their head. And they stick out their head. And it's two women. Oh, Lord, he's going there. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Dang right. Why? Because, because we believe what the Scripture says. We're going to love everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're going to love, we're going to care for, we're going to walk with everybody. But we believe that marriage, that that, that is exclusive for a, a man and a woman. And I can remember sitting there and I have my boys on the couch watching with me. And my, my oldest is like, Dad? I'm like, yeah, buddy? Well, that's not right. I said, no, it's not. But I didn't just leave it there. Like, I began to tell him Why? <clears throat> because the creator of the universe has created and made, and this is what he said is right. And, and, and like, hear me, like, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm, I'm, can I be honest with you? I mean, I don't get it. I, I hate, I, I hate it. 
But all I know is this, is that I'm not God. And whenever I try to play God, do you know how that ends up? Probably because you've been in that boat too and you've tried to play God. And what I mean by try to play God is you try to uh, control situations or you try to control circumstances or you try to, uh, to manipulate and make or you try to uh, fit things in. All, all I know is this, is that if you get my phone, I have got a reminders list on there that as long as my arm. I can't hardly remember what I'm doing next unless my beeper goes off and reminds me and bings at me. You really want to put me in control of, of the world, of the universe, of the souls of man? Which you're probably in the same boat. I mean, we, we have no control, honest to goodness, over anything. If you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about, amen? I mean, they've got a mind of their own. They act how they want to act. They do what they say. What they, and usually they say the darndest, craziest things whenever the most inopportune times. Here's some nice, cool church folk. Say hey to them. What up? I mean, I know we're from West Virginia, and we're, we're like, we country, but, but, but whoa, it's never a right response for an adult. You pop them, and you're like, oh, and you have that talk. Yes, sir, no, sir. But, but you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the creator of the universe has the right, why? Because he's created, and he knows how it works best. He knows how it fits together. He knows the way that it should be. And see, what happens is, since I've seen that commercial, and that commercial's been on for a while, and I think it says, like, love has no gender. And I even agree with that statement. If I can define it, if, if, if you allow me to define what that means, absolutely, I, I, I can get down with that. Now, I don't agree with the way that you've just defined it in front of me and my family on that TV screen in that commercial for those 30 seconds. But see, what it does, it desensitizes us. Oh, yeah maybe we're too hard, or maybe we're in, insensitive about, or maybe we're, uh, maybe, and we start to think, well, maybe God just don't get 2021. It's obvious he don't because the pandemic hit, and he didn't stop that. And so we start to kind of play those type of games. We start to kind of, well, maybe, maybe, and we let culture, and we let the world, and we let everything else dictate instead of the word of God, the creator who has spoken into existence, who set things up, and as a result of the fall, we are in the predicament we're in because of sin. So that's just one example. Another example, and I don't know why this, and, and please hear my heart, because I think it's great. I just don't know what the motive of the game is for it yet. Um, and so I was, I was flipping through either my feed or I was watching something or reading something. Um, and and as, I, as I did that, I came across and I saw that there's some retail stores that are closed today. Yeah, right. Easter Sunday, yeah. Let, close those things down. And that's great, and that's good, and I am for it, man. Yes, absolutely. But I guess the thing is, okay, why? What's their motive? What's their end game? What's their, I mean, why? Because it wasn't, they didn't close down so their employees could go to church and worship Jesus. Because if that was the case, they wouldn't open until 2. They didn't close down out of a concern and, 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 and worry for and wanting to because of the resurrected Savior. Because, because like, like you get that's what today's about, right? I, I mean, there are tons of people all over the world that's going to celebrate Easter and they're going to leave Jesus out. But the real reason why we celebrate today is because the tomb's empty. And if you celebrate for any other reason than that, then you're, you're celebrating it wrong. I don't don't care how good and nice and right your motive may be. If it's not for the glorification of the resurrected Son of God, then it's wrong and it's sinful. Now, thank you for giving him that day off. That is awesome. 
But like we will celebrate and we will hail them as like something. Ama- oh yeah, we, I'm, I'm back on the target train now, baby. Get me a buggy. I shop at the dart or bullseye. But it's like, but, but that, but that, he, I say all that to say this. That's how he does it. He swoops in and he just kind of rocks us a little bit, holds us and pats us. Man, they, they've given you Sunday off. Churchgoers, come on, man. I mean, why would we not support? They, they're giving him Sunday off. That, that's what he does. That's what he does. And so I just want to talk for a second here about this statement. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Because I feel like we run after so much stuff. And we think that's going to bring us life. We think it's going to bring us fulfillment. We think uh, it's going to define us when all the while what it does is it brings death. And, and so some of those things that I just thought of this week, and I, I talked with our staff a little bit, and I said, hey, help, help me think of some things. So if you get mad at somebody, get mad at them too. But, but I believe these are some dead things that we pursue, ho- hoping to get life from. And, and one could be a job. Man, one could be a job. We've got to make that money. We've got we to gotta advance. We've got to uh, uh, get those raises. We've got to uh, climb that ladder. And, and hear me, I say yes, and you go for it. You do it. You do it in a way that honors God. I don't think there's anything wrong uh, with trying to advance and to do better and, and to gain more. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Just, just don't let that get you. You make sure you have that, and you have that through Jesus because hear me, at the end of the day, you working, you working 80 hours a week is not something to be celebrated. It's just not. It's not. And, and hear me, your job should not define you. I think one of the things that breaks my heart about the position that I am in, I know so many men who, who pastor a church, and the thing about them that, that, that is so wonderful is, man, they're a pastor. Hey, preacher. Uh, that's great and that's good, but I don't want to be, I want to be known as a, a, a godly man. I mean, I don't, and, and as you can tell, probably yes and amen here, I don't know why God's called me to do this. I mean, there's nothing, the, the magic trick was better than what, what this guy is right here. I don't know why. Uh, but my job don't define me. My, my job don't make me. It's Christ. My relationship with Him I, want, I, would much, I would much rather at the end of my days be known as a man who passionately pursued the Lord, who, who led his family to Jesus, who, who, who raised godly men. I would much rather be known as a born-again, saved, godly man than I would be a pastor. I, like, boo, I don't want that on my epitaph. Don't you put preachers? Preachers, God was a... No, 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 no. Godly husband, godly man, somebody, a pursuer of Jesus. That's what I want. That's what I desire for. But your job can, you can pursue it hoping to find life and it can bring death. What about hobbies? Hobbies is the same way. And hear me, like, I'm a hobby dude. I love golf. Like, I'm a hobby guy. Let's, let's work hard. Let's play hard. I am in, yes. But not to the point of where my hobby is my everything. Another thing that can, that can bring this real quick is, is kids. It's kids. Your kids can be your everything. Like I love those little posts. My everything, look at them. Brody Quinn. Brody. You hit him. God. Easter Sunday and the preacher's kids asleep. I don't know what kind of illustration is in this, but there is one. There will be a talk later. 
I don't know. Let's just pray. I don't know what to do next. No. Look at me. Now that you're with us, welcome. Easter Sunday. Happy Easter. <laughs> You'll never fall asleep again in church, will you? <laughs> Lane, you've got to do better with that. Look at me, dude. I love you, but you are not my everything. You, you are not. You can't be my everything. You hear me? It just doesn't work that way. I love you to death. And I would lay my life down for you, dude. But, but Jesus is my everything. And, and that's my desire for you, dude. That's, your, look, your kids can't bear that weight. And what I know, looking in the room, the next Michael Jordan's probably not coming from this crowd. So let him enjoy the game, man. Don't try to relive your glory days where you averaged three points in high school your senior year. And you got in two games. I mean, let them be. They can't be your everything. Kids is a place where we run so hard. And another thing can be possessions. Man, man, your stuff, your stuff can be the demise of you in a moment. I mean, especially now that it's getting warmer. The pandemic stuff's being lifted a little bit. I, mean, I got shot up. We good to go. That, that was a reference to the Man, I'm coming back next Sunday. That preacher shoots up. <laughs> and, 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 and I know we kind of go, if you stick with me till next, next January-ish, we're going to teach through the book of Revelation and we'll talk about something. I don't believe that that's the sign of the Antichrist or you're going to get chipped and now, now they'll be able to track you. Like, like you realize that device, they know where you're at anytime, anytime they want to. You know that, right? And I don't believe that a phone's the, uh, the mark of the beast either. So, um, but, but anyways, it's, it's one of those things. And your possessions, your stuff, man, that can, that can own you. And what does that do? That brings death up because it draws you away from Christ. You put those things in a place that, that can't handle the weight. Yes, go and enjoy. Even miss church every once in a while. I say that because I believe that, that, that this isn't just church, that we are the church. And I believe that you can. I believe, I don't know if we do it, but I believe we can if we would. We can be just as effective. Now, I don't think every single weekend, but we can be just as effective gone as we can here. Not every week. Got me? But I feel like that we can be just as beneficial for the glory of our Savior but I'm afraid we don't do that. I'm afraid a ball game on the weekend is just a ball game on the weekend. Just an excuse to be gone. I'm afraid a camping trip is just a let me decompress and think about nothing and enjoy myself. And it's not an opportunity to bring worship. It's not an opportunity uh, to make known the glory of the God of the universe. Finances can be the same thing. Relationships. I mean, relationships can bring death. I mean, I mean there, there's probably people in here right now st- stuck in a relationship that just drags you down. And I just want to love them. If they're not pointing you to Jesus or pushing you to Jesus, then that's not healthy, good, and right. But relationships can be that place where, where it brings death. Why? Because we so often elevate Elevate that person, that relationship so much higher and in a place that it, they never deserve to be can bring death. And another place that we try to find life from is, is 
just kind of coattailing on that, that relationship thing is spouses. And, and, and I don't know, I'm going to kind of date myself a little bit. I don't know if you're like from the Jerry Maguire era. You complete me. And, and we say this all the time, like, you don't complete me. Good Lord, have you looked at me? There is no way that you, I mean, you are a good woman. Gosh, she is. Godly woman. I mean, but that's a weight that she can't bear. And guess what? I, I don't complete her. And thank God I don't. I mean, look at me. I'm a train wreck. My kid's sleeping in church. <laughs> I'll never live that down. But you know what I'm saying? The only one that completes me is Jesus. That's it. I mean, she can't bear that weight. I can't bear that weight. And maybe, you know what, maybe you just need to breathe that in for a moment this morning. Your spouse can't. Only Jesus can. So take that weight off of them. Yes, he's going to forget to put the toilet seat down. Yes, she's going to forget to make dinner. It's going to happen. I mean, don't put those type of expectations on them to, to complete you and to be your everything. Because they can't. Only Christ can. Death. That's what that is. See, see, none of these things offer life. Hear, hear me. I believe that those things that I have mentioned, and there's a list long, longer than we can talk about, uh, are good gifts from God that was given to us to enjoy and evoke worship in our heart. They don't define, they don't fulfill, uh, they don't bring about an everlasting joy in us. So, so what does? He continues on in verse 10. He says, Ah, I being Jesus, the good shepherd, the son of God, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's where our everything is found, is in Jesus. In Christ. I've came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I mean, think about that for a moment. I mean, yeah, I, I want life, but who, who, wants it, who wants the abundant life? Yes and amen. And, and what Jesus says is that's only found in him. Only found in him. And I guess it makes me think of this. I mean, we're all living, but are we really alive? Like you're here this morning and there's blood pulsating through your body. Your lungs are filling with air. Your, your brain is firing off synopsis. All of these things are happening. But does it mean that you are truly alive and experiencing all that is found only what's been promised in Christ? Because true life is only found in Him. Abundant true life is only found in Him. And what I would encourage you with this morning is don't sell yourself short. I mean, you have been offered abundant life. Don't chase after the counterfeits. Find it in the one true living God. So what are you looking for life for? Have you chased after things where deadness is? Are you chasing after the one who gives life? Now back to Luke 24, verse 6. He says, the angel continues to talk. He says, he is not here, but he has risen. See, Jesus has risen. He's defeated death. He has defeated death death. See, this ends the most uh, important day in history. And from it, what happens, it, it births the greatest influential moment this world has ever known. Ever seen, ever experienced. That's what we witness. That's what we see. That's what demands a response this morning. It wasn't some magic trick that God performed. Church is a miracle. It's, it's a miracle. Dead three days. And death couldn't keep him down. Death couldn't defeat him. Death couldn't beat him. Only Christ offers life. 
Only Christ. It goes on, it says, it says, remember how we told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. They finally start to remember. It starts to come back to him. Verse 9, in returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And what, what I love is, is, is that Mary and these women, they just couldn't keep quiet. Can, can you imagine how that must have went down? Look, 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 because the text lets us know. Verse 10, Mary Magdalene, Joanne, uh, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostle, but the words didn't seem to them an idle tale, and they didn't believe them. I mean, the apostles, like Jesus told them too, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I mean, I'm going I'm to die, but I'm not going to die. I'm going I'm, I'm to come back alive. And they didn't believe this belief. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, is this, is this not a crazy story? Jesus dies, but he don't die. He, he defeats death. And, and so I want to close this morning by looking at this next verse, verse 12. And, and talking about a response. I mean, as we clap for the magic trick this morning, as we, I mean, I, I could see your face. Like, there was one about ever going, my girl going at it. And I'm like, yes, I, yes, I'm with you. And I'm right here. I mean, look at this response. Verse 12, it says, but Peter. Hey, do y'all know who Peter is? Uh, let, let, let me tell you just for, <clears throat> for a moment about Peter. See, see, Peter is one of Jesus' disciples, one of his closest boys. I mean, like, he, yeah, he was tight with Jesus. He was close. And what we know about Peter is this, what? Toward the end of Jesus' life, they come to arrest Jesus and take him away. And what did Peter promise Jesus before that? See, Jesus had just told him, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die, I'm going to go away. And Peter's like, no, you're not. I won't let them. If they take you, they're taking me too. If you die, I'm going with you. All the while, Jesus, knowing the heart of Peter, Peter, that's, oh man, brother, dude, I, I wish, I wish you got that. And so what do we know about it? Peter denies Jesus not long after that, does he? And like he doesn't just like, uh, uh, he like delete him from his friend list on Facebook. No, no, like, I'm talking about like, like royally blow it. I mean, I mean, denies him to people's face three times. Denies him. Three, I mean, three, I don't know what you brought in here this morning. But when was the last time that you denied probably this week. Jesus, I, I will go the distance with you only to 10 minutes later. But I, Jesus who? I don't have him on my friend list. I, I, don't, I don't know him. I don't really follow him like that. No. I mean, that's what we see happen with Peter here. Denies him. Denies him three times. I mean, curses at him. Oh, no, that, that Jesus, no, no, uh-uh, no, no, I don't know. I'm not one of them. Nothing to do with him. No, 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 no. Not me. It must have been another Peter, not me, huh? Couldn't be me. And that was Pete Pete. I'm, I'm Peter. That was Pete Pete. Had to be. Couldn't be me. So again, I don't, I don't know how bad you've blown it this morning. I don't know how bad you think you are. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's a pretty big one, right? Okay, can we agree with that? That's, that's a pretty big thing there. I mean, one of Jesus' closest denies him like that. But Peter in verse 12 rose and ran to the tomb. What a response. What a response. 
Peter has to get up and go see for himself. And then look at what it says. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what happened. I love that. The biggest failure just a few days ago to the biggest forgiveness that's coming. I mean, think about that for a moment. I don't know what you did this week. I don't know what you did this month. I don't know what you did this last year. I don't know what you did. I don't know what you did in your lifetime. But I just seem to believe that the men and women in Scripture are way more messed up than we are. I mean, have you thought about that? Like, like King David? I mean, I could give this illustration all the time. Like, like he looks at a woman bathing. He's like, ah, oh, I like that. I want that. Bring her over here. Gets her. He commits adultery with her. She gets pregnant. Her husband's off at war. I mean, what, what kind of a joker does that to somebody? I mean, he's fighting for your freedom and for your life, and you're sleeping with his wife. Well, then, anyways, he gets all freaked out, so he calls the guy back home. What does he do? You should go be with your wife. I mean, what a king. But the man's a man's man. He's like, oh, my boys are out fighting. I can't go be in the comfort of my home with my wife. And David freaks out, sends him back out on the field, gives command for everybody to move back and let him go. Pretty much, David signs his death warrant. And what does the scripture say about David? Man after God's heart. Man after God's heart. Now, not in that moment he wasn't. And God had to do a little work in him to get him to that place. But, but, but I just, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody in this room that's done that this week. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you look at the, I mean, Paul, Paul is killing believers. Dragging them off. Taking them, he had everything he needed to, to execute and do whatever he needed to do. And what do we know about the Apostle Paul? I mean, there has never been a man on fire for the Lord like him. I mean, I mean, there's story after story. I mean, we just, we just taught through the book of Jonah. Jonah was a jacked up prophet. I mean, he's a messed up dude. A man called of God that didn't want to go tell people, tell, tell people about God. And God still the whole time does what moves toward him in grace and mercy and love. And Jonah still never gets it, but God continues to move toward. I mean, holy cow. Peter denied him three times. I'll never, I'll never, Lord, I'll never. I mean, his story was of, of failure and pride and denial, but just like, just like many of our stories. But church, what we know is this, is that Jesus' story is one of life and victory. And he offers that to us with a promise of abundance. See, see, Peter saw and experienced that many times in the previous three years. And, and it wouldn't be long until Peter hears his name called and he's there on the shore with Jesus and Jesus is, is speaking to him and Jesus looks him in the eyes and asks him three times, do you love me? And that dialogue was, was far more healing and freeing than it was painful. Far more. We cannot run to Jesus without discovering that it is Jesus who is always running first and fastest toward us. And that's what the empty grave proves. That our God is for us. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Our God is for you. That he loves you enough to die for you. I mean, think about that for a moment. It's God moving toward fallen man with the desire to rescue, redeem, and make right. So as the band comes back this morning, my question for you is how will you respond to that reality? How will you respond to that? What will God stir in your heart as a result of it? And you know what? Maybe for the first time you have heard the voice of God calling you into a relationship with him. 
saying, hey, look, that grave is empty because I love you and I care for you. And I want you to be my kid. I want you to be forgiven. Man, you've been working and trying and fighting and doing, and it's just, it, you, you can never do enough. You will never make it. You will ne- your, your good will never outweigh your bad. I don't care how much you give. I don't care how much you, you do. I don't care how much you, you think or say or don't say or, or act. Or, I don't, you'll, you'll never, never make it. But there's one, there's one that will, and it's Jesus. And we enter into that through faith. And then what happens is his righteousness is imputed to us. So we get his holiness and his righteousness. And what we give him is our sin and filth and nasty. And he covers us with his blood and forgives us. The thing that blows my mind and the thing that I just, I just can't get over is that he would want me. That he would come after me. And the, and the, 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 what gets me is he comes after me knowing that tomorrow I'm going to blow it. Like after this, we're going to pack up and we're going to hit the road and we're going to go to West Virginia for the week and we're going to visit family and stuff like that. And I've got a six-hour ride with three boys that will start with, are we there yet when we hit 85? God, I need grace. I mean, he's sleeping on the front row already. Don't. You've got six hours here in a minute. And the things that will be said in that car over the next six hours. Tomorrow, the next day, I mean... So maybe for you, the way that you respond this morning is saying, you know what, I, okay, I messed up. The, the, it's obvious the preacher's messed up. I messed up too, and I need, I need to be made right. And it's Jesus that does that. Or maybe for you, you, you belong to Jesus, and you just haven't lived that out. You haven't, you, you haven't you, your response to that was like, ah, oh, in that moment, and you kind of tried to, and then, then you just drifted away from it. So maybe this morning for you, you're here to hear that. And, and for you, it's, it's the act of repentance, whereby God convicts you of your sin. And he says, look, man, you're mine. I expect more out of you. You should be living and you should be this and you should, uh, I've created you to be like this and you're not. And I've, I offer life abundant. You're not living abundant life. And so we feel the weight of that and we, we're broken over our sin. And we tell God we're sorry and we ask him just to help us have a holy hatred for sin. Maybe that's you this morning. Or maybe you're here this morning and, and you're, you're walking in obedience and you're fighting tooth and nail to live out Jesus everywhere you go. And, and the way that you've responded to, to the reality of, of that cross, not a magic trick, but a miracle of, of the empty tomb. Maybe the way that you respond with that is glad obedience. You, you worship and you proclaim. And I just want to say, man, keep it up. Keep it up. And you continue to pursue and follow and go after Jesus with everything in you. That's abundant life. That's where it's found. Not the other stuff, but in Jesus. And so I don't know what God stirred in your heart this morning, but man, I just, I pray that you would be honest with the Lord and that you, there would be a response in your heart. 
And this altar is open. If you want to pray, I'll be down here. I'd love to talk with you. We've got Austin right there. We've got trustees in here that would love to just, man, just pray over you and talk with you and share gospel with you all the more if, if you would want to know more about that. But the reality is this. What I have learned in my seven years here and in my over 20 years of following Jesus, there's a response that's going to be had this morning in this room. And it'll either be a response of awe and amazement and moving toward, or it'll be a response, well, he was kind of funny, he's goofy, messed up, got some issues, he was okay, I may come back again. And you walk out and you not let the miracle of the empty grave rock your world to the point of it changes everything about you. And you'll have missed it again. All the while, the God of the universe doing everything in his power to get your attention and to say I want you I've died for you and I've come out of the grave for you won't you believe so I don't know what God's putting on your heart I don't know what he's stirring in you but you be obedient to the Lord this morning if you want to come pray if you want to talk whatever you need to do we're going to sing a song and we're going to worship and then after that we're going to take communion so if you haven't got communion there's elements everywhere in this room you can grab those if you want to partake this morning we're going to do that at the close of the service But I just want to say thank you for being here and listening. And I pray that God gets a hold of your heart. Father, help us hear your voice. Help us hear your voice and follow after you. Help us in our response in this moment. God, save the lost. Break break us in our sin. Help us walk in abundant life. In your name we pray. Amen. If you'd stay in, like I said, if you want to get communion elements, we'll take that in a moment. If you want to come pray, whatever you need to do in this moment, you'd be obedient. 